Welcome to Fearlessly Made You. I am your host, Christy Tobias. Joining me today are guests just striving to dominate in their personal and professional lives while answering the question, what does it mean to be fearlessly made? Welcome back to Fearlessly Made You. I am your host, Christy Tobias. And for those of you that may be new to the Fearlessly Made You crew, as a reminder, Fearlessly Made You is a spinoff of the book, Fearlessly Made You, which talks about my journey through PTSD uh, and how we really focus on not allowing fear to own us, but really owning our journey, regardless of the fear that we experience. And so I love being able to have these, this podcast, this show, um, that's a spinoff of the book, because I'm able to bring on amazing guests who really inspire me, who really help me think differently, um, but at the end of the day, who also give you guys a little snippet into what it really means to be fearlessly made. Uh, my next guest that we have today is no different than any of my other guests, inspirational, someone that I truly admire, Katie Cuesta. Katie is born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. She says, I'm not saying that correctly as far as the accent goes. I don't do accents, as we know, um, but Katie has one of the coolest stories. So Katie and I met because as you guys know, y'all have seen or heard me talk about my dog Cooper many, many times, the love of my life, my child. Uh, <laughs> and Katie and I met because Cooper, um, though he is the most amazing dog in the world, some habits that he needed to adjust. Uh, and Katie was the trainer with the Revive K9 that helped uh, Cooper adjust through his habits. And so in meeting Katie and working with her and working with Cooper, I really just became more invested in knowing Katie and getting to know her even better. And um, she just became a friend and I, I really adore and love her. And she's got this really cool background too. Like I know very few people who play hockey in general much less women who play hockey and Katie played hockey all throughout college. So like just a little teaser into this beautiful, wonderful phenom that is Katie. So Katie, thank you for being part of Fearlessly Made You. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so excited for our Fearlessly Made You crew to get to know you better. And so I'm gonna let you just kind of talk a little bit about your journey, like how you got to Pensacola, you know, whatever you wanna share with our Fearlessly Made You crew so they can just get to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, well, as you said, I'm born and raised, but um, not a super economically socioeconomic class that's high. Um, most of Memphis is not like that. I grew up kind of moving around year to year to different schools all the time. Um, one thing that stayed super consistent with me was being able to play hockey because it's where no matter what school you're at, you're playing on the same team. Um, so I played for hockey for a little bit. I actually moved to Plano, Texas for a semester to play for a girls team there, decided I did not enjoy girls <laughs> hockey, <laughs> came back to Memphis to continue to play men's hockey, um, played for a couple more years in Memphis as I went through community college first to get kind of like my gen eds out of the way. Um, and then I went on to play at Ole Miss for two years yes. or a year. And then I took a year off because it was just kind of a lot with squat. I want to just graduate, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after I graduated, I am not prone to stay in one place very long, obviously. Uh, so I was like, I need something different. So I started applying for jobs and I applied for one actually in Lake City, Florida, um, which was 12 days on, five days off. So I needed somewhere to just crash and also keep my animals while I was working for like 10 days a month. Um, so my partner, who was just my friend at the time, had gotten a job here in Pensacola. Um, and I was like, hey, can I like pay half of rent to like store my animals at your house and like come have somewhere to live for 10 days out of the year? Um, and she was like, sure. And so I ended up 
obviously we grew into a relationship yes. and then I was tired of the back and forth commitment to work. So I chose to apply for Revive K9, got the job with Karina, and then I moved everything back to Pensacola. And then now here I am all the time. I love it. Okay, <laughs> so many things to yeah. unpack, <laughs> but I love. So let's, I'm gonna go super all the way back, like okay. and just start point, and then we're gonna go through all of this, which is gonna be awesome. So going back to the, the, high, the high school days and the hockey days, how did you get into hockey? So my dad is from Toronto. So then so, it's a requirement yes. for yes. those of you that don't know. <laughs> it was literally a requirement to be his daughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He never forced us into it. And I remember watching the Olympics when I was like 13 and I was like, um, I want to do that. And <laughs> he was like, really? And I was like, yes. And so I started playing. Oh, that turns so out cool. I was actually really good at it. I had no idea. <laughs> and were you at that time you were playing with men as well or with boys? Yeah, okay. boys. So there's only like there was only like six girls in the entire area so it was more like Mississippi, Arkansas and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We all kind of played locally at Olive Branch okay. um, or like DeSoto, Mississippi. Um, so it was still like an hour long drive to get to everything practice wise. Um, but there was like six other girls, but everybody else was boys because there wasn't enough girls to have a girls only league. Gotcha. <laughs> so we all just kind of intermingled into co-ed. And then when I got to Ole Miss, um, because it's a club league, again, not enough girls. You don't know the types of girls that go to Ole Miss, not to stereotype everybody, but yeah. <laughs> it is a very hoity-toity school. <laughs> that is a very specific word. Yes. <laughs> and so there's not a lot of girls there that are really into stuff like that. Yeah. And so it was just a club team, like a D3 club team. Um, and so I'd been practicing with them all throughout high school when they were short goalies. Um, and then when I got there, I was like, can I just like try out? And they're like, uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, there I was. <laughs> so for you, like being the only, primarily the only girl really in this sport, did you find that number one to be difficult? I say that like lightly, like, was that difficult? Were there just kind of different environments and challenges for you um, and how you kind of, because you, you seem to be so just kind of authentically, authentically yourself. Like at no <laughs> point in time have I ever seen Katie without a smile on her face, <laughs> even during very interesting and difficult times. <laughs> but it's it seems like that there's so much joy that you have as a person in general. Did you have that even during those times when it was just kind of like, it's just you as like the only girl during this time? Yeah. Um, like you said, I think my personality is just like, very bubbly, um, but I'm not like, I'm not sure how to word it. Um, <laughs> there, it was very difficult, but not in the sense of physically being the only girl there, but very mentally and emotionally. Yeah. The boys that I played with, 99% of them were not nice. Mm. Um, just to be honest, a lot of the girls, I didn't get along with them very well, mostly the older ones and they graduated and they left, but the ones my age, um, I wasn't great, the greatest friends with. And I don't know if that was like a me thing, like personality clash or like, we just had different interests other than hockey. Um, but there were several times where, like the boys would literally petition to like not have me on the team wow. or if we lost, it was my fault and stuff like that. So it was emotionally and mentally hard being on the like boys only side of it. But I loved the sport so much and I loved getting to like just prove that they were wrong. Yes. That kept yes. Me around. Um, it was just something that like, I was like, okay, well, I'm here for me. I'm not here for you type yeah. thing that kept me in it. That's kind of amazing because I think the mental side of that, I mean, there had to have been days where you were just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have that all the time yes. in general. I got <laughs> but all like for you, like it, you were young and still had this like fierceness of 
this is important to me mm -hmm. and I love this. And so it's almost like I kind of translate that into, of course, the fearlessly made you world. Yeah. But I think about that because you did not like have that fear part of you, like owning what you were doing. You were like, what I'm doing is way more important than the fear part of you. Did you find, um, especially kind of now and for anyone, especially females that are like, this is what I want to do. Like I want to play hockey. Have you found anyone or people that you've been able to kind of like share your journey with and talk about that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, of course it was always like outside of our team, mm -hmm. everybody else really liked me. And the fact that I was on the boys teams, like even other teams that were boys only, um, cause I have really short hair. So when I would put it up and put my helmet on, like most of the time, nobody knew I was a girl until like at the end when I would take my helmet off and we'd be shaking hands and they were like, <laughs> that's a girl <laughs> did y'all know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so like it was always fun like going when we would travel to different places and like all the other boys like little sisters or older sisters would be like oh my gosh it's so cool that you like play with these guys and like the moms would be impressed it was always other women or girls um and then like of course people were like I can't believe a girl is on the team men wise so it was very like interesting almost consistently interesting who was excited about it and who wasn't. So it was just fun yeah, meeting little girls. Like there'll be several times where we would go play at um, other rinks in different cities when I was in college and they would ask me to do interviews and there would always be like three or four girls like sitting on the bench with me and they would like bring me pictures that they drew during the game and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know these little girls. This is the cutest thing ever. Yes. Oh, I love that. So it's, this can sound interesting, but I feel like there's, there's this connecting point. So I think I told you one of my brothers used to play for the Boston Red Sox. Mm -hmm. And so as an athlete, um, he'd have little kids that were like black little boys or black little girls that would come up and they're like, Oh, I see myself in you mm -hmm. and I feel that connecting point with you especially in hockey mm -hmm. which there are like you said there aren't really any girls yes. there at all in the south in, in the, the north south. yeah <laughs> that's a good point and so in the which is a whole other yes. conversation <laughs> which we can dive into but it's just there's that beauty and so I think for you knowing so that's there's that kind of minority status that happens with you as a woman in an in this industry that there aren't women in in the mm -hmm. south especially there's a mindset there's things that were probably said to you that are painful like what was that for you to understand that to live through that but then to also kind of like for you like you said your disposition is is still so bubbly and excited about it like yeah I, i'm just curious um, I've always been kind of one for taking up my own space. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hello. Did anyone out there hear that? One of my favorite phrases in the entire world is to take up space. Yes. Please continue, Katie. Yes. <laughs> so taking up my own space is like, like I said, like, okay, you might not like, might not like that I'm here, yeah. but I am and I deserve to be here type thing. Um, so going through the kind of adversities that I did, just honestly, like at that point in life, it was just like, okay, this is just what life is like for me. Like, yeah. why am I going to let it get to me when it seems to be something new every day? Yeah. <laughs> Better. All right. Add on to the list. Like, yeah. Get in line, please. <laughs> I like that. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. So, and thinking about that now, like flashing forward. So you then ended up here in Pensacola, like you said, like you're kind of going back and forth and then you ended up deciding to stay here. Mm -hmm. So have you found, and just kind of thinking about the work that you're doing now, you're working with people and animals, yes. which is <laughs> all sorts of interesting. <laughs> Have you found that that kind of mindset for you of, you know, I'm taking up space, I'm here, I'm doing what I love. Has that kind of followed you into the work that you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's also dog training is still a male dominated field. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing is like, 
a lot of people seem to think that women can't train the same way that men do. And it's kind of like everybody's always first, like quick to jump and ask, like, do you have any certification? Like what qualifies you to be the trainer of my dog? And I just kind of point to the line of like graduated clients behind me. Yes. This, (laughs) like, I know what I'm good at (laughs) and I wouldn't be calling myself a professional if I wasn't. Yeah. Just kind of reasserting myself and the fact that like I, you came to me yep. and I can, I'm here to help you, but you've got to trust me too a little bit. Absolutely. So. Well, and what's ironic, and I don't think a lot of, well, anyone that's been around Cooper and I know this, but uh, we actually chose y'all because you were a female. Which was really yes. I don't think I knew that. Yep, yep. I don't. I probably didn't tell you that because uh, y'all y'all know Cooper. Uh, Cooper does what he wants, yes. um, but he does have an aversion to men, which you've seen. <laughs> he's, he's very um, specific in particular about the male society. But yeah, that was my big thing. Was I wanted to find a trainer who was female? Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting because that was hard. Like I could not find any until my male friend recommended my. You guys, <laughs> this is great. Um, so it's interesting that that's um, for you and you're still in a male dominated world, which mm-hmm. is interesting. It make, it begs the question and I, I'm curious about your response to this. I So when I was in undergrad, I joined a sorority. So I kind of grew up, I was the oldest of four and it was me, my brothers, and then my baby sister. So I grew up, you know, an athlete and grew up, you know, around a lot of men with a little bit of women, like pageant industry, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. different conversation. <laughs> but I found... Um, when I joined a sorority, I did enjoy it, but female and male dynamics are always Very different. different. <laughs> um, so I'm curious for you now to, whether it's as an adult or whether like kind of reflecting back to, to undergrad, have there been some interesting dynamics for you that you've developed as you think about your experiences with female and male dynamics, especially because you were so inundated with more of a male yeah. dynamic household or you know, sportshood, I should say. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I don't think I would say that I get along with like maybe one more than the other. Um, I kind of treat everybody the same when I talk yeah, to them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes to say like why I struggle keeping girlfriends around oh. is because I'm so like, well, this is how it is. Yeah. Sugarcoat things or I'm not like, oh my God, girl, I love your outfit. Like, <laughs> I am just not like Although that. I do love your outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not like that. It's yeah. like, I'm very like, just kind of informational, like straight to the point yeah. like, facts, blah, blah, blah. And girls kind of fluff things up a little bit. So I think I struggle in that sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, not yeah. What we call fluffy in the dog industry. Um, I get along with, I guess, guys a little bit better. Cause it's just like, yeah, dude, like, <laughs> like I don't know how to say it, but like, you just say it. But yeah. Whereas like girls, you've got to like, think about your interactions a little bit more, but yeah. I don't think I personally treat or get along with one more than the other, but I do find myself struggling to make girlfriends. This is interesting considering most of my experiences with men and like boys growing up, were not always the best. Right. <laughs> right. And it's why, it's why I ask you that as well, because I think something that we talk about fearlessly made you a lot is giving people the space to be themselves and that authenticity. And so it's why I ask you that. Cause I think to your point, like when you, the interactions that you did have with men with hockey that did not like you weren't great, but then it's like, but then I, I am not getting the great reception from women per se, because I don't necessarily speak the same language, but I think it comes into like, as you think about the languages that we speak to each other and how we connect and engage with each other, I think about your work and there are so many people that you have to connect and engage with and earn their trust. Like you said, Mm -hmm. 
Have you found that there are, and, and I think about this from two perspectives, I think about it from you, but then also things that you're kind of helping others. So I love to cascade knowledge, helping others understand about how do you connect with people who maybe don't like you or connect with people who, you know, maybe don't trust you right mm -hmm. off the bat. And you've got to build that trust very quickly. So I'm curious from, yeah. from your lens. So my degrees in psychology, I've always been really curious about the why behind behaviors, um, which kind of leads into like how I became a dog trainer, but with people too, I guess to me, it's very easy to write off, um, or like understand people a little bit more because like, I'm very good at picking out like, oh, they're acting like that because blank. So like, I don't get my feelings hurt very often. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know that's not directed at me. Yeah. Type stuff. Yeah. So, um, I think like gaining trust per se, it's very much in giving them the confidence to interact back with me. Um, there was a while there, which, I was, because everybody was kind of pushing me away, like yeah. in every field that I was trying to dive into, um, I felt like I was the problem. And like, I was very insecure about interacting with people. But then my dad was like, I think people are intimidated of you. And I'm like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? Like, <laughs> and he was like, no, it's okay. It's just because like, it's almost scary how well you get, a, like people get along with you so easily yes. that when you have like so many people that are like, oh yeah, I like Katie. Like it's scary because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to like Katie. Yeah. Like how dare she know me better than everybody else does. Disrespectful. And for five minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think it's more so understanding why people act the way that they do, yes. which I always, when I'm dog training, I start with the dog and I build that connection of like, yeah, I love your dog too. I can help your dog, but I need you to also be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so like giving, building that one relationship with the mutual point of the dog. Um, we're both here to help the dog and then moving on to, okay, these are the steps that you need to take. And then giving that person the confidence to do it themselves yes. um, is really what I like about it is it's not necessarily me training the dog. It's the other person training the dog. I'm just sharing the knowledge with you. I love it. I have tears in my <laughs> It's so cool because it's uh, having experienced it myself. I think one of the things that was really helpful and really interesting too was I, with my dog Cooper, I was super insecure about the abilities that I had to be a good dog mom. Not because I was a, a terrible dog mom or anything like that. It's just, I didn't understand how dogs operated in general because we grew up with dogs so they were outside. Like, and yeah. I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, most I didn't people stay in age. Yeah. Their parents kept the dogs outside. Yes. So I was like, I didn't want them. <laughs> they just came with our house at the time. So I really didn't interact with dogs until my own dog mm -hmm. that I was sharing with an ex at the time, which is a whole other conversation. And then there was all these issues that were coming up because of that relationship. But then getting the chance to work with and train with you, I think it changed so much of my perspective on myself mm -hmm. and what I can and can't do. And so I love number one, the, the background that you have in psychology and really the, the human behavior side of things. I'm curious for you as well, what have been some of the interesting, and you can share as much as you want, but just interesting ways that you've had to connect and engage with people that maybe, you know, were, were either a little more complicated or a little challenging. And I ask because I think sometimes we, just like you, we can think that it's us, but it is, like you said, like someone is coming fr from a different perspective and a different experience. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with you working in an area that requires you to connect and engage with both, you know, humans and animals, but also with your background in psychology, I think our Fearlessly Made You crew would love to know your, your nuggets <laughs> of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So as far as connecting with people within dog training, um, I always tell people like a lot of the times what you're experiencing with your dog, your dog is experiencing with you. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so okay. a lot of the times the issues that we have with dogs and our as pet dogs, 
dogs, whatever, working dogs, whatever you want to use them for, um, stems from some sort of insecurity that you're experiencing because dogs pick up on things like that, yeah. which I think is why I like dogs so much is because they know what we're thinking before we're even thinking it most <gasps> of the time. <laughs> yes. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and I guess for like, in your instance with Cooper, I think Cooper was a little bit insecure because he knew that you were insecure. So he's like, wait, why are we insecure? Tactics. The accuracy. <laughs> like, I don't know Cooper, I'm not sure. <laughs> so it kind of like feeds off of that. So going in with, when I connect with people just coming off the bat of, like we said earlier, taking up space, giving, like if I myself am confident in the situation and our interactions together, they oftentimes are more inclined to open up with me. Yes. I'm like, React, so like dog reactivity, for example, just to keep using dogs as examples. Um, I have a dog that when I adopted, I had no idea what I was doing. I paid $20 <laughs> for him at the animal shelter, picked him up three days later, come to find out that he was extremely leash reactive, did not particularly enjoy other dogs, which kind of defeated the whole purpose of why I got a dog because I wanted to like go out and do things with them. Like, Can't do that without a leash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we worked through that. And so that, like telling people like, listen, I was exactly where you were. Well, yeah. I got this dog, thought I was going to do all this stuff with you. And then turns out like, oh, we're at home. False alarm. Yeah. <laughs> so we sit on the couch. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, it can happen. Yeah. So like giving people the confidence to accomplish those things by themselves. Like I said, I don't do a lot of the dog training. I see you for one hour once a week and everybody's like, oh my God, Katie, thank you so much. You changed our lives. And I'm like, I saw you for one hour once a week, <laughs> maybe eight consecutive weeks in a row. Like you did all of it. I put in one hour versus however many hours are in a week, yeah. every week. You did all of it. I just gave you the knowledge and the tools and the confidence that you were doing it right yeah. for you to have done it. I love that. I think there's so much. All right, guys, nuggets of wisdom with Katie. That is the new name of the show. Um, <laughs> but I think that, that that can translate into so many aspects of our life as well, because I think we underestimate oftentimes, oh, this is going to be confidence building. This is what we're going to be talking about today is confidence building. <laughs> but there are so many times where we underestimate ourselves and who we are. And, you know, with Thrillously Made You, the book, you know, in the book, I talk about that journey of trying to kind of figure yourself out and being okay with your imperfections because they are, you know, a gift. But I think what you're sharing is that next step of, okay, I'm embracing the imperfections and knowing that they're there, but what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And it's that part of, well, you work through it because it's connecting to other people or dogs. And it's, I think that's the cool thing. And this is a very shameless plug for Revive Canine. Um, <laughs> that is the, but it is the cool thing, though, about meeting and spending time with Katie is I, my thing is always I like to build relationships and trust, as does apparently my dog. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. But in building that relationship, I, you know, built the friendship with Katie. And I think that kind of just preceded everything else because it's like, oh, this is a person that finds value in me as who I am. And my dog is then like, oh, cool. We're valuable. Yeah. Let's be confident. <laughs> and it just like cascades. Yeah. I love that you say that because then that also translates into going back to what you said, taking up space, reminding people like, no, you can take up space and yeah. you can be confident. Yeah. You're okay. And there's also nothing wrong with being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Which was also me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first one to like Karina will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, don't Karina's my boss, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Karina owns Revive yes. K9 and bless you, Karina. Yeah. <laughs> letting Katie and I have this time. Yes. <laughs> Even Meredith, my partner, like I'll be trying to fix stuff around the house and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have no idea. 
I'm gonna figure it out though. Yep. <laughs> is it working? No. Yeah. Okay. No, like, like, simple tasks like that. Like, okay, so like this is kind of irrelevant, but or um, is it? Yeah, <laughs> so like like the little toilet paper holder had been like halfway falling out the wall for like three weeks. And like every time I would go to the bathroom, I'd be like, dang, I should fix this. Like, <laughs> there was just one day where I was just like in a mood. Like I was like, I need space, like nobody talked to me. <laughs> like I was upstairs just watching TV and I was like, I'm gonna fix that stupid toilet paper holder. That's and like fair. I did it. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know how to take it out of the wall. Watched a couple YouTube videos. Shout out YouTube. Um, YouTube for the win. <laughs> and then I finished it and I was like, I'm going to fix everything else yes. in this house. Yes. <laughs> okay. Real facts. Fearless <laughs> made you crew. Have you ever been in that space where like you fix that one thing yes. and you're like, I am, y'all remember Tim the Tool Man? Mm -hmm. It's like, I am Tim the Tool Man Taylor. <laughs> Maybe Sheila the something woman. Sheila. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough with that one. But then you're just like, I must fix all the things. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, and it's funny because, as y'all know, I moved to Atlanta, which Katie is coming to visit me very soon. Yes. Um, and so, <laughs> Katie and Meredith, both of you are coming to my house. Um, but I, fun, fun story. You'll appreciate this. So I bought all the furnitures mm -hmm. from the Amazon, um, thinking this is a great idea. It is, you know, not as expensive as other places. There's a reason for that. Did you get one of those like two inch long couches? No. Okay, good. This, no, <laughs> but I got every furniture item that I got was not assembled. Uh -huh. Yes. And they give you those, y'all know what I'm talking about, the little pamphlet that's like, mm -hmm. here's the instructions. Connect C to A plus D, E, F, and G, and then H and like, I will Ikea? go to W. Put them in like Swedish or whatever. Like, yes. So I'm like, like okay, thank you. <laughs> the Amazon. What, yes. what has happened? So I assembled this, um, it was a, a bookshelf, one of those ladder bookshelves, because mm -hmm. it looked adorable. First of all, it was larger than me. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> heavier than me. <laughs> and I was by myself at 11 o'clock at night in my house. And I was like, this is a great idea. I'm going to do this. And I took everything out of the box. And I was like, well, now it's like all around my living room. And I can't yes. not put this together. 30 minutes later, you're like sweating. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and bless me, Cooper. Like, I guess I moved way too many things. And he's like, I'm out. And he, he went hiding. And so I finally, three hours later, and after I had contacted the, whoever this company was that worked with the Amazon, because I thought that I had lost like all of the screws of oh, things no. that you need. I had put them to the side. And so I, I did not contact them back. They just sent me an extra bag. Sorry, little company. <laughs> but like, I finally put everything together. I have this extra bag of screws and stuff. And I was like, oh, this looks magical. <laughs> what else shall I assemble? <laughs> it's like 1 a.m. It, it was. At that point, it was. And I was like, or we just go to bed. Yeah. But it is that feeling. And trust me, this is circling back, guys. Yes. <laughs> it is that feeling of confidence. So kind of going back to exactly what you were talking about. When you allow yourself to take up space, when you kind of invest in yourself just a little bit, invest in like, I can do this, I can be this person, or I can put together this unnecessary bookshelf ladder, Yes. <laughs> or I can fix the toilet paper holder. And then it's like, wait a minute, it's this newfound part of yourself that sometimes we forget exists mm -hmm. and that we're missing. And I think that's, it, trust me, it's circling back. Yeah. It connects back to kind of how, when you were talking about with training people and their animals, it's like, 
no, I'm just giving you what you need. Now mm -hmm. you are going to kind of step up into yourself. Yes. See, Sounds look at like that. a snowball effect. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the circle back. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> so, so one other thing that I want to touch on with you too is one of the cool things that I love is that you talked about your journey and kind of going back to this is that you're not originally from Pensacola. You moved and you've been in different places all the time. And so I, I wanted to kind of touch on that for you is, you know, hearing this kind of the part of the person that you are of taking up space, stepping into yourself, um, as you've been moving around to different places, like, has there been some of that, like, I want to explore, or is that more of just kind of that, I call it the nomadic ad adventurous side of ourselves. It's like, I want to experience new things. What's kind of inspired your kind of movement? Um, I think it was a lot of just next steps in my life. Okay. So we moved around a lot when I was younger, just because, you know, like the recession and everything that happened. Um, my mom was part of the like hundreds of thousands of people who got laid off. So we moved out of our childhood home. And then from there, we just couldn't really afford the continuing increasing rent. So yeah. every time that our lease was up, we moved again. Um, luckily, we got to stay in the same school for a little bit sometimes. Uh, but a lot of times we changed schools. And that I like got really good at packing up within like five minutes of like, wow. just time to go. I'm yeah. very bad at procrastinating too. So still am. I don't know why I was saying then. <laughs> it's still a thing. Yes, it is. It's still very much a thing. Um, so like when it comes to just like, okay, I'll just go somewhere else. Like that doesn't scare me, I guess. But oh. I do love having roots places. Yes. Um, but the whole going somewhere new for the next step in my life doesn't scare me. I think I said earlier, oh. I when I moved from Mississippi after I graduated college to Pensacola, I literally only brought what fit in my car. Which so is amazing. Didn't have a single piece of furniture, had to make sure my dogs fit too. <laughs> like, Primarily the dogs. Yes. And then you're like, <laughs> it was in the front seat. And so like, I got rid of literally everything. And my mom thought I was crazy. <laughs> she was like, you don't want this. And I was like, it's not that I don't want it, but like, do I need it type yeah. thing? So like it was, if it didn't fit, it didn't go. Your mom is listening right now saying, yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much stuff. I was just like thrown in the dumpster. She was like, ah, <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my God. So, and hearing that too, I think the cool thing is like, it translates so much to who you are though. Like in that kind of, you know what? we're going to move. We're going to step into the space. We're going to take up the space. We're going to be okay with that. And I love that. And I think that's, again, connects back to why I'm so excited that you're on Fearlessly Made To You, why you accepted the invitation <laughs> to be part of Fearlessly Made To You. Um, and thank you so much for, for sharing your, your knowledge nuggets with us, for helping us understand how to kind of own and step into our space. If there is kind of one final word of wisdom um, that you'd want to share with people, because I, I wanted to wrap back around the moving, because I was like, there's so much into that and it all connects. If there's like a final word of wisdom that you want to share with people about what that means to kind of step into your space and take up that space, what would that be for our Fearlessly Made You crew? Um, I think I'm maybe two. Yes. Two. Okay. Yes, I'll give you two. Find humor in it. Like yes. if you mess up or you find something that you're maybe not so great at or that you struggle with, like find humor in it. It makes it so much easier to overcome those things yeah. because then it becomes a point of like, kind of like positive connection because you're like, haha, that's funny. Yes. And it makes you kind of revisit it a little bit more. And then you're like, man, I should probably work on that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pushes you a little bit more. So taking like a different approach of like, oh, I'm really terrible at this thing. And then like continuously pushing it off. Like if you find humor in it, like it kind of you more inclined to come back and visit it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the second one is like, don't think about it too much. Oh, so like yeah. if you're going to do something, like I think I thought about it for like maybe three days before I moved to Pensacola. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, let's just go. 
Like, <laughs> like what's the worst that could yeah. happen? <laughs> I so, love that. Think about it too much. Like if you're going somewhere new, so like for example, I'm planning on signing up for the Pensacola Hockey League here, and I haven't played hockey in like two years, but like I'm excited because I'm not thinking about so much of how much I'm going to suck when I get back on the ice because it's been two years since I skated on a quarter inch of something, but <laughs> just excited to get back into it. One, to make new connections yes. and two, to do something that I really like doing, whether yes. I suck at it again or not. So I love don't it. Don't think about it too much. Just do it. Yes. Just do it and yes. find the humor. I love it. Well, Katie, you are, as always, such a joy. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for talking us through how we take up space, but also how we enjoy it and have fun with it and just just go for it. I think it's such an important thing that our Fearlessly Made You crew um, will loves, I should say. <laughs> we, that's what we do. We take up the space. But also as part of that too, one of the things I do also love about Fearlessly Made You and about some of the things that we get to do is in taking up space. Um, we've built some new partnerships as well. So like having all of our guests on, we are building up those partnerships. But I've also built up a new partnership, as I've shared with you guys, with Dillard's, who has helped um, be a, a clothing partnership, which you're like, how does this connect? Because I'm allowed to take up space in my dress. <laughs> So that's how it connects. <laughs> but no, truthfully, Katie, thank you again so much. We so appreciate you. Thank you for being part of our Fearlessly Made You crew. Absolutely. And Fearlessly Made You crew, don't forget to stay tuned for the next episode of Fearlessly Made You. Fearlessly Made You.